Uh, well, good morning. It's good to be with you guys again. We had a fun drive over here this morning in the snow, and after that children's ministry announcement, I think I want to go there and just uh, learn some Bible verses and run around a bit. Maybe have somebody ask me how my week was. Um, sounded like a good thing. Anyway, I'm glad to be with you guys again today. Some of you uh, may have heard me last time I was here, and, and if not, uh, I'd be glad to meet you. And so, um, thank you for having me again. I'm a pastor at Risen Life Church in Salt Lake City, and we've been partnering with Phil. Um, just everything good that God is doing out here, and so uh, it's a good thing. Well, this morning we're going to continue our series that we have started on being plugged in with this tagline of that they will know we are Christians. And uh, we've been looking at different aspects of, of what it means to be plugged in and different attitudes that that takes. Uh, and today we're going to look at patience. Who could need a little more patience in their life, right? Uh, definitely me. I have four kids. Enough said, right? So we're, particularly we're going to be looking at the calling God has for us and His people to be connected to one another and how those relationships between us as believers is a witness to those around us about what it means to follow Christ. Uh, and particularly looking at the relational dynamics that go into us being in smaller groups getting together as Christians. And so we're going to consider the attitude of patience. And God wants us to grow in patience if we were to have a church community that does show the world what it means uh, to follow Christ. <clears throat> now we need patience with one another on Sunday morning, but really this is kind of a short time together where we can smile and shake hands and everything's good and we go home. Uh, but when you get in a small group and you begin to connect at a deeper level, um, it becomes a little more difficult. And we need more patience with one another. Uh, when we get in small groups, you know, we all come from different backgrounds, different cultures even, even different American cultures. And we, we get in a small group. I've led many small groups in my time as a pastor. Um, and they're always made up of different people, right? And we come together with all these different things. In fact, I can think of one of my small groups. We had about 18 people. Uh, and this small group went for several years. Um, and while I was the leader of that group, I had, you know, on one side of the room, I had this really devout Christian Republican, and over here, I had the really devout Christian Democrat. Uh, and then we had some that were highly educated in our group, and some that hadn't graduated high school. And all these people are coming together. Some are very old, godly, mature believers with very settled convictions about God's Word, and others were new Christians, just glad that Jesus had saved them. Right? They didn't know much else. Some of the people in the group were battling addictions, and other people had walked out of addiction, right? and they had something to say to one another. Other people were on strict diets, and so this is always exciting when we go to have meals together, and other people think diets are for the weak, and so it was always a difficult thing. Some are introverts, and you're very guarded with what you want to share with others, and others just keep talking the whole time. And the introverts want them to be quiet. We had some that were millennials in our group and their phones that attended our group as well. And so here we are, God's people, Christians, all coming together, saved by faith, gathering in my living room. And we're going to talk about the Bible and what it means to live 
as a Christian together. And what do you think is going to happen here? We're going to have a little conflict, aren't we? We're going to bump up against one another in a million ways, sometimes overtly, and then sometimes not so overt, and we take it home with us. And so I'm a, I'm a child of the 90s, and so sometimes I think about small groups. It's kind of like that mosh pit at a, at a punk ska concert. you got the one guy just skanking across the room, punching everybody, kicking them. They're going across. And so we've got to learn to have patience with one another when we get together as believers in Jesus. Some of you like that illustration. I can see you laughing. You've been to a punk show, haven't you? So here's what we want to see. For our small groups to reflect God's design for connection between believers, it requires patience. Okay, I'm going to say it again. For our small groups to reflect God's design for connection between believers, it requires patience. Because God wants to gather people from all different walks of life together in His church, in Christ, to be in relationship with Him and with each other. And so we want to hear God's call to us to have patience with one another. And I think one of the best places to do that is in Ephesians chapter 4. And, and we're going to look at verses 1 through 6. Though particularly we're going to focus on verses 1 through 3. We're going to deal with the other verses uh, in another time. So here's what it says, Ephesians 4, 1 through 6. Therefore, I, a prisoner, this is Paul speaking, <clears throat> a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life Worthy of your calling, for you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, making allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Make every effort to keep yourself united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all, in all, and living through all. This, now, these are, these are great verses, and there is a lot of good things in this passage, okay? And I encourage you to go back and think about it um, over this next week. But we're going to focus in on this idea of patience here. And, and as we do that, we're going to ask three main questions. So here's our first one. What is patience? Okay, it's kind of a nebulous word. It can mean a lot of things. Um, in fact, there's a lot of definitions if you go and look. And I'm going to give you one today that I think fits with what the Scriptures are telling us. So here's the answer. Patience is peaceably enduring difficult relationships and life circumstances with the hope of something better. Okay, let me read that again. Patience is peaceably enduring difficult relationships and life circumstances with the hope of something better. Okay, I want you to see that, that our definition of patience is not just this passive activity where we just resign ourselves and, well, I guess I'll just wait, right? Kind of the Eeyore, you put on your Eeyore hat, well, I guess I'm just going to sit around and wait for things to change. No, it's, it's much more active than that. Godly patience is active, okay? And, and Paul has asked us to do several things in this passage in our Christian relationships that are not necessarily patience, but they're active attitudes and things that help us to get into a place 
to peaceably endure those difficult relationships and life circumstances with hope that make patience possible. So first thing, we're going to have, I think, kind of four bullet points under this question here. First one is, we got to realize who we are. Okay, If you want to have patience, we've got to realize who we are. Paul reminds us that God has called us to follow Him in Christ. So that means if you have confessed Jesus as your Lord, you've committed your life to Him, then Paul is reminding us God sees you as holy and perfect, a Jesus follower, and now He says, live like what I've said you are. Okay, there's freedom there. You, you don't have to prove anything to anyone. God has already said what you are. And now we're learning to live like what He says we are. Okay? So it's kind of like when you take that new job and you have the, the big new fancy title. You're the director of all things awesome. But you haven't done anything awesome yet, have you? <laughs> in fact, on that first day on the do- job, you're, you're going to try to go in there and if you're supposed to be the director of awesome, you want to do something awesome the first day, right? Well, sometimes we fail. And yet, that doesn't mean we're not still the director of awesome hired to do that. And so we must realize that as Christians, we are are to be known for how we treat one another. And particularly, this comes out as we are patient with one another. And Paul's saying, let's begin to live like what Jesus has said we are. He said you're a Christian, and Christians are patient with one another. Let's grow in what it means to be patient. Secondly, Paul tells us to do this. He says, be humble and gentle in our interactions with others. Okay? We know that from Philippians 2 that, that humility is, is counting others more significant than ourselves and looking out for others' interests above our own. Now, that's a tall order. When you think about that, that's really, really hard to do. Okay? How many of you have ever said about your friends, you, you know, your co-workers or your kids or your spouse, I, I don't care what they think, and the next time I see them, I'm going to tell them exactly what I think. I don't think that attitude is very gentle or humble, right? Being patient requires that we approach others with humility and gentleness. We, we have to know who we are in Christ so that we can come in confidently and humbly and approach others in Christ. I'm much more patient in disciplining my kids when I keep their interests and God's interests for them in view over my own interests. Sometimes I want immediate obedience, but God wants them to grow in the gospel of grace and understanding, and He has much more room for them to make mistakes. And so I have to keep what what is good for them and, and what God has said about them. This doesn't mean I let them do whatever they want, but rather I set aside my desires to discipline them in my ways and I keep their development as a follower of Jesus front and center, keeping their things above my own. <clears throat> and so like our definition of patience, I peaceably endure with my children because I'm hoping for a better outcome in their life, and that's that they would be followers of Jesus. And then Paul says this, thirdly, to act in this way. And this may be our most important thing that he says to us here. He says, make allowance for each other's faults 
because of your love. You know, we, we have this tagline, they will know us by our love, uh, or we, that they will know us as Christians, and that comes from the verse that goes on to say, by our love for one another. And this is one of the greatest ways that we show our love for one another. Other translations have, have here, bear with one another in love. Okay, this, is a, this is a hard thing. And the idea is here that being patient means we have to be long-suffering with one another. Okay? And if you want to know what long-suffering means, let me just ask the question. Has anybody been married for more than 10 years? Okay, that's a fair amount of us. Then chances are you know what it means to be long-suffering. Right? If you've had kids that have grown from toddlers to teenagers and, grow, and gone out from your house, you might know what it means to be long-suffering without killing them, I would might add. And so what Paul is saying here is this. Christians make room for other people to be imperfect as they are growing up in Christ. This is really important. We, we don't come in here as perfect people. Jesus has said we are perfect, but here in the church, we're learning what it means to be perfect. Okay, And so we make room for other people to be imperfect as they are growing in Christ. In other words... We don't get offended at every little thing that comes along in our relationships. In fact, I love what Paul is teaching us here because in today's offense culture, God calls us to be long-suffering towards others. Again, they will know we are Christians when we are patient with others instead of being offended. We make room for people with all of their faults, and yet we keep walking with them, hoping in what God says He will do in them. He will grow them into an image after Himself. And then He says this is rooted in love for those around us. Now, a little bit on love because, you know, we have a really messed up definition of love in our culture. And honestly, I think the world for all time and eternity has had this. You can uh, see things in history where this is the case. Where we get love as this gushy attraction to someone or, or a total enjoyment and enrapturing of something we're doing. But the Bible defines love a little differently, that it's rooted in Christ's sacrifice on our behalf. So love, biblically, is a giving of ourselves for another as Christ has given for us first. And our long-suffering for those around us and other believers is rooted in this kind of love. That we give up our agenda and are patient with someone else so that God can work in them. And then finally, I think Paul here in this little section, he calls us to do this. <coughs> he says, actively seek peaceful unity. Okay, and, and really, I want you to see, this is what you're doing when you're being patient with somebody. That is working at peace. In unity. You're bearing with them in love. This doesn't mean you're not going to bump shoulders from time to time, but the general tone of our groups and church should be always one pushing for peace and unity as we follow Christ together. And really, unity is one of the many blessings that comes from showing each other patience. Again, they will know we are Christians if they see us working at peace and unity. How refreshing is that picture in our day, right? 
in a world where no one is peaceful towards one another, they're drawing lines, Christians are doing exactly the opposite. How can we come together for a common purpose? So Paul calls us to treat each other with patience, and these active attitudes help us get there. Now I want to ask our second question here, and I think this helps us understand patience, and so here's our second question. We want to ask, what is the goal of being patient with one another in our church and our small groups? And I think the answer is this, that showing patience towards others provides the opportunity for both of us and for both of us to grow in maturity in Christ. Okay? So, in fact, this is where Paul goes in the rest of Ephesians 4. If you read the rest of the chapter, he's talking about working at patience, working at unity in the church. All of the teaching of the church should be done with the goal that all of us would grow into mature believers in Christ. So when you show patience towards other believers, maybe they're a little rough around the edges. You're kind of just out there doing your patience workout, right? Flexing your muscles. God's working in me just as much as He's working in them. Remember, we're bearing with them in love. And, and the hope that we keep before us is that God is changing both us and them into His image. Okay, He is growing us. And so I want you to think about this. Sometimes, um, sorry, my timer got messed up there. Um, I want you to think about this. Think, think about the church this way. I like to talk about the church as kind of the, it's the schoolyard of faith, okay? And, and this is what I mean by that, that God calls us all from all different walks of life, and He brings us together, and He says, I want you to be a part of my kingdom, okay? To have a, a unity of purpose in the gospel. That God is God and Jesus has died for us and we are going to unify together in that message. And it's in the church where we get to learn and try out what it means to live as a citizen of God's kingdom. Okay? This is also, you could also talk about this in context, that we're a family. And as you grow up in a family, it's where you get to learn what it means to be an adult. Right? You learn what it is to interact with others. And so if we are believers in Jesus then God has saved you. You are perfect in His sight. And we have been released from having to perform to win God's favor, which frees us up to live as people He has declared us to be. And so church is meant to be the safe place to try it out, learn what it means to live as a Christian. And we do that very intimately in small groups. And so just like out on the school playground, right? Sometimes... Sometimes people get punched. Other times somebody falls off the slide. Somebody's pigtails get pulled. Sometimes you call people names. But the goal of school is always that when you graduate, you have become a functioning member of society. And so it is okay for us in church to bump up against one another, sometimes to get hurt by some folks, because we are growing together. We are learning what it means to be God's people under the common banner of the gospel with the goal of becoming mature believers in Christ. And so we're patient with each other in the church because it makes this a safe place to grow in our relationship with God and others. Now, oftentimes the Bible describes 
uh, our Christian growth is this, as a putting off and a putting on, okay? We put off old ways of life and we put on new ways of the Spirit. In fact, Galatians describes it this way about these relational attitudes and he talks about patience here. So Galatians 5.20, this is the getting rid of the old ways of the flesh. He says, let's get rid of enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalry, dissensions, divisions, envy. But then let's grow in the fruit of the Spirit in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And the fruits of the Spirit are called that for a reason because guess what? It takes the Spirit of God to do them. One of the greatest blessings of becoming a Christian is that you get the Spirit of God that dwells within you and actually empowers you to walk in the ways that God is calling you to. Because we need to be honest for a second. If we just try to conjure up patience in our heart, what's going to happen? It's not going to go well. In fact, it's like many times if I've just tried to like white-knuckle it with my kids, I'm just going to make it through this situation and it's all going to be okay, and then suddenly, I've had enough! <laughs> Get in your rooms! I can't do it in my own strength. I need the Spirit of God in me, making me new in Christ, empowering me to walk in His ways. And then we start flexing those patient muscles as we try it out on these relationships in this room, and they're showing us patience as we're trying it out, and we're learning what it means to be patient, and God is working in His Spirit through all of us. So the ultimate goal of showing patience is that our grow, is our growth as well as the growth of those around us into mature believers in Christ. And this leads us to our last question. Why should we be patient? Maybe you're asking this. Why, why do I want to be patient? And I think this is the gospel answer to us. Because God has been patient with us. This is one of the most amazing truths of the gospel. Here's what Romans 3, 23 through 25 says this, and I love this passage. For everyone has sinned. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. Yet God, in His grace, freely makes us right in His sight. He did this through Christ Jesus when He freed us from the penalty of our sins. For God presented Jesus as the sacrifice for sin. People are made right with God when they believe that Jesus sacrificed His life, shedding His blood. This sacrifice shows that God was being fair when He held back and did not punish those who had sinned in times past. Now, now this really, this is an amazing passage of Scripture. And Paul just gives us the Gospel in a nutshell, right? We're all sinners with a debt to God. And yet, while we were sinners, Christ died for us. We were His enemies, and yet He died for us to pay our debt. And when we confess Him as Lord, we are made free from our sins in Christ. Our, our sin debt is forgiven. We are made whole and perfect and stand righteous before God as if we had never sinned. Sometimes we call this the great exchange, that when you become a Christian... You come to the cross and you bring this, this ball of muck and just all the things of your life 
And you set it at the foot of the cross. And Jesus, having lived the perfect life before God, having pleased God in every way, He takes all of His righteousness and He gives it to us. And from then on, God looks at us. He says, you are perfectly righteous in my sight. You are, you're perfect. You are just like my son. God no longer sees you as the sinner, but righteous in Christ. He says, this one is mine, a son and daughter of the King. If you have never made Jesus your Lord, you can do that today. Romans 10.9 says it's as easy as con confessing Jesus as Lord and believing that God raised Him from the dead. and You will be saved. And, and if you don't know what it means to be a Christian or you're just kind of sorting this whole Christian thing out, then I would say come and talk with me and Phil or one of the ministry leaders that you see here. They would be more than happy to walk you through this thing. What does this mean to be a Christian? Now, what is most interesting about this passage is that last line that describes God's patience towards our sin. Romans 3.25, this Christ's sacrifice shows that God was being fair when He held back and did not punish those who sinned in times past. Other translations say it this way, Christ's sacrifice was to show God's righteousness because in His divine forbearance, or that's another word for patience, he had passed over former sins. Particularly here, Paul is talking about those believers who lived long before Jesus, that God had passed over their sins because He had a plan in Christ to deal with them. In fact, God, if we are honest, has been patient with all of us in our sin. He doesn't just strike us dead as soon as we sin, but, but He wants us to be forgiven in Christ. So, if you are still alive today, and, and even if you've been in rebellion against God, God has been patient with you. He has been calling you to Himself. He's been passing over your sins. In fact, look at how Romans 2.4 puts it. This is one of my favorite verses in the Bible. Don't you see how wonderfully kind and tolerant and patient God is with you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that His kindness is intended to turn you from your sin? Other translations say this last line this, this way. God's kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. So if you're a believer in Jesus, then you know exactly how patient God was with you before you knew Him. Even as you were trapped in your sin, often running far from God, God was patient with you, slowly drawing you to Himself. And here's the good news. He's still patient with us even after we become a believer in Him. He's patient with us. He's patient to grow us in the midst of all the things that hold us down. I think one of the most humbling experiences as a Christian is to be deeply struggling with sin. And in the midst of your sin experience God's goodness to you. I don't know if this has happened to some of you. Maybe you can relate. Sometimes I've totally gone off the rails in some form or fashion, and then God is kind and patient with me. In fact, He comes in and He even blesses me in the midst of my sin. It's a humbling experience that's meant to turn me back to God. It shows me the heart of God, that He's not angry. He's patient. I can say, okay, God, I see that you are good even when I am not. 
and I hear what you're saying about what I'm doing. And I want to stop doing this thing and follow you because I've seen that you are patient and good. It's even more humbling when God's goodness towards us comes through another person that is showing kindness and patience to us in the midst of our worst moments. I feel this in my marriage probably the most. Sometimes I can be angry or upset about things that are going on in my life and I can take that home and be impatient and short and generally unkind to my family. No, that isn't what God wants for me. Right? I feel His conviction in my heart. But many times my wife has treated me with kindness and patience, knowing that God is working on my heart whatever the issue is. That doesn't mean she doesn't call out my sin or my issues. In fact, my wife is very bold and says, you need to change this. And we should do that with one another, even in our small groups, to call each other to live as God calls. But then Amy steps back, and she is patient with me, and she lets God do the hard work in my heart. And God's goodness to me through her, her patience with me, drives me to repentance. And that's what we get to do with each other in our groups. We get to be an expression of God's kindness and patience towards other believers, and we let God do the hard work in people's hearts. God calls us to do that with every believer in this room. So if God has been patient with us in our sin, then we ought to be patient with others in their sin as well, as God is changing them. So being connected in the church is part of God's design for us. And and I'll be honest, it's messy. If you're looking for a perfect place with perfect people, you should probably go somewhere else. (laughs) We're going to bump up against one another, step on toes, hurt one another. But God has a plan through all of that to grow us into mature believers in Christ and to be in community with other believers that are also growing in Christ We have to show each other a lot of patience and hope in God's plan to grow us. So here's the bottom line. God has shown us patience so that we can love others with the patience He provides so that we all grow in Christ. Let's pray. Father, we thank You for this morning. We thank You for the goodness of Your Word that speaks to us on so many levels, Father. God, we confess we are not perfect people, but we thank You that You have saved us in Your Son and You have said, this one is mine. (coughs) And they are perfect and righteous. Lord, help us to walk in the ways that You have declared us to be. And God, we all need patience. And as we bump up against one another and as we are learning what it means to follow You. God, I pray that You would give us a willingness by Your Spirit to be patient with one another. Give each other room for our faults, knowing that You are working in each one of us. God, may You grow us in Jesus today. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.